And I'll tell you guys since we're, since we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Lee Bardugo. You're listening to The Grisha Cast. Welcome to Grisha Cast, episode 83. In this episode, we are speaking with a fellow Grishaverse fan who is also a New York Times selling author. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the one who recommended this episode's very special guest. Thank you, Lee Bardugo. Moi Savienyi casters. Hello. We have a very special episode. We do, as you heard in the intro. We have a fellow Grishaverse fan who happens to be a best-selling author. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have the author of Cemetery Boys that you might have heard in our interview with Lee Bardugo. We have Aiden Thomas. Yay! Hi, Aiden. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to be able to just kind of like geek out in an interview. This is going to be a good time. <laughs> this is totally all this is, is an absolute geek out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I stumble always through my words, so don't worry. Like, it's we have so much fun. So we're so happy that you're here. So um, I guess let's just kind of dive right on in, right? So, no time like the present. So, Aiden, how did you get introduced to the Grishaverse? Um, so, Tumblr, originally, like, back in the day when Tumblr was still, like, a cool thing, I stumbled across a bunch of fan art, and I was like, this looks right up my alley. And um, from there, I went and bought, like, a physical copy of the book at Powell's, if you know of that, the biggest independent bookstore in the United States um, that lives in Portland. And I read it, Six of Crows specifically, and I was like obsessed and I like burned through the duology and I was like, how's there only two books in this series? I was heartbroken about it. Um, But yeah, it was from Tumblr. Wow. That's awesome. It's really neat to hear everybody's like different stories and how they like found their way and I think it's neat that you started with Six of Crows because like I started with the trilogy and it's um I don't know. I um there's more books now. So <laughs> Yeah. I get a lot of flack from my friends when I'm like, oh yeah, I read Six of Crows. They're like, how did you not read Shadow and Bone? I was like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I read Six of Crows and it was so perfect for me. <laughs> it's very different from the rest of the the entire like series. It's its own yeah. little world. It is. Yeah. It's so good. And then the rest of the the Grishaverse is so great. So, <laughs> so do you have a favorite crow? Oh my gosh, it's really hard because I really like Kaz as a character. So like from like a writing standpoint, I'm like, oh, this is very compelling to me. Um, and I really just have a like in my heart, a very large spot, spot for Kaz. But um, Jesper is definitely my favorite. Uh, I love your like accidental troublemaker who just kind of gets, you know, themselves in over their heads a lot. It tends to be my favorite character. So I identify a lot with Jesper. <laughs> so you relate to Jesper? Yes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, awesome. Everything he's going through, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Something that I would do. <laughs> so a troublemaker. Because yeah. <laughs> I, it's Wyland for me is who I relate to the most. And Oh, I'm Nina. I yeah, mean, absolutely, Nina. Yeah, it was like uh, she was in my life writing Nina. So, <laughs> Nina's like, amazing. I was really surprised. I was talking to Terry the other night that um, in the special edition of I think Crooked Kingdom, they have some artwork where each um, crow has the astrological sign, and like I couldn't believe Kaz is a Capricorn, and like oh. I'm a Capricorn, and I was just like. That is so weird. Wait, wait, are any of them cancers? I don't think a cancer Do you would even remember? <laughs> oh gross, to be I kind of stopped it. A little soft. I, I couldn't get over the fact that like Kaz was a Capricorn because I was just like, I love his character, but I was just like, I'm a Capricorn. How is that possible? Cap- <laughs> I can see it. You can't? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'll just, we'll just leave it at that. But yeah, I gotcha. So what did you think of... So did you watch the Netflix series, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah. And I'm, okay. I'm obsessed. I'm okay. obsessed. So 
that was like while we were getting ready for that it was very intense because we were also scared because we heard that the six of crows story was not going to be what we had read it was going to all be like prequel so i know i was nervous i didn't know how they were going to fit that in with the shadow and bone story at all um anyways like what what did you think of it did you it what do you think of the crow story? I thought it was really well done. I was so impressed. I remember like watching it the first time and just kind of being like blown away by it. My, uh, my mom is a really huge fan. I've watched the whole series three times through once with my friends and once with my mom and then just on my own. <laughs> and um, it's funny because when I was watching it with my mom, I just happened to be messaging Lee at the time. And, and my mom is obsessed with the show and is madly in love with it. And I like, I was texting Lee and I was like, Hey, yeah, me and my mom are watching. Like, you know, she loves it by the way. <laughs> and then she goes, Oh, send love to your mom. And so I like turned to my mom and I was like, Hey, Lee said to say, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, you're not talking to Lee. She's like, how does Lee even know you exist? And I was like, okay. I was like, damn, first, that's really cold. <laughs> Rude. I like, told Lee, I was like, my mom doesn't believe that I'm talking to you. <laughs> so like, she sent a message back and I like held up my phone to my mom and I was like, see. <laughs> so that may have finally gotten me uh, brownie points. It's very hard to impress my mother. Wow. Uh, Sounds like it. it. I've hit the New York Times bestseller list twice, which is, fine but you know yeah, but having you... dms with lee that's a huge thing that's impossible <laughs> apparently for her <laughs> yeah it was wow. so rude it's uh, rude god mom yeah, honestly i was bummed that they weren't going to like include the original story of six of crows because obviously that had been what i was so connected to right um but i really love what they ended up like doing and how they held back a lot of that really cool information um, so I'm excited to see, I think it, it was set up really well as like a prequel for the Six of Crows. And I'm excited to see if we ever actually like get into like the canyon, canon storyline for them. It was, it was fun seeing your crow, Jesper. It was fun seeing yes. b- before that, like we actually got into, you know, some, some, some scenes that, yeah. <laughs> that we needed. And it was, it was great. It was really yeah. good. I was I was really worried about it because I just didn't know how they were going to combine both of those stories um, because I really love the, sh- like, Shadow and Bone. Like, it's it's just one of my favorites, I think, just because it was the introduction for me. Um, mm. I will always love that book. and um, But they, I agree, it was done so well. And I'm interested to see, like, I hope next season we get, like, them going to the ice court and stuff like yeah that would be really cool but we need our wyland i know and we do terry pointed out like jesper like i guess like mentions it a couple times like hints at like needing someone like wyland in the show and right? like, he says yeah. he needs an explosives yeah. expert I yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was nice having like milo as like the oh, oh my god the, the stand-in of Wayland, I was like, this. I guess this works for me. I was madly in love with that goat. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's I my, need I, a Milo. That's my icon on Netflix for me. <laughs> Same. For my profile. Same. So, I love it. Good taste. <laughs> so since you didn't actually read Sh- uh, Shadow and Bone, what did you think about the storyline and the show? I love it so much. I thought the world building was so, so cool because... I didn't know anything about, you know, um, Alina and her powers until I like saw the TV show. And I was like, this is so cool. And the Darkling's powers, like in the two of them, I was just like, these are as in in terms of like character study. I was like, this is so juicy. This is so intriguing. Um, So I really, really loved that. Um, Yeah. And I, it's funny because my friends are like hardcore, like they've read all the books. They're super obsessed um and when i watched the series and i was like oh i'm in love with mel they like <laughs> all freaked out on me <laughs> they're like no aiden because <laughs> apparently book mel is very yes different from yes book mel is boring everybody <laughs> and see i i'm 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 with you like i really like never saw like i don't know everybody there's a lot of people that just have this unfortunate just dislike for that character a lot and like 
I've always been like, I I mean, I he's not my favorite character, but I mean, like, I don't <laughs> see, like, I don't know. Yeah, um, I'll just like wax poetic about Mal and Alina specifically. And my friends are like, Aiden, you don't even know. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I like TV show Mal. Like, and that's okay. That's fine. I think we can all just kind of calm down. But no, they can't. They can't have it. Yeah, TV, really TV show Mal was much better. Absolutely. He yeah. actually did things. In the book, right, he doesn't do else. anything. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so romantic. Like that storyline. Oh, that's why I keep rewatching. It is in the show. Yes. So, yeah, in the show. <laughs> oh. So I love that because I think it's going to be neat because the next book, like, because they covered the entire book of Shadow and Bone in that season. So the next is Siege and Storm. I just don't know how they're going to combine that. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. I know. I keep on wanting someone to answer that for me. <laughs> but... No one here can answer your question. <laughs> so. Well, maybe. Well, maybe you We've do know. Yeah, you've info. been texting Lee. <laughs> so the darkling is like definitely an interesting character to read and i think also watching ben barnes play him is incredible as well he's such like just a interesting character watching the darkling were you surprised when all of a sudden you found out that the darkling was the villain and had been lying was that a surprise to you or um, it wasn't at all. This is actually a funny conversation that I had with my mom because like towards the very beginning, the um, some people referred to him as the Darkling. I was like, his name is the Darkling. I was like, okay, so he's going to be a bad guy. Right. Like, got it. And like when the like reveal happened, my mom was like, oh, he's bad. And I was like, mom, he's called the Darkling. Like, what did you expect? So I would kind of like, I was like, oh, this is kind of a given. And then, um, yeah, watching my mom go through it, that was really funny. Uh, but I was like, yeah, his name's the Darkling Mom. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that was going to be a good guy. It sounds and like just, your mom went on a journey. She went on a whole journey. <laughs> a whole so journey. <laughs> it sounds like your mom and I went on the same journey when I was reading <laughs> Shadow and Bone because I was totally, like, into it and just, like, was, I was so surprised. <laughs> and think... when Bagra just spilled all that tea and, like, just, the second it was just like what and, oh my goodness gracious yeah i think um what makes it easier to spot in the tv show is obviously ben barnes is brilliant acting but he has very much a sense of like foreboding about him um when he's playing this character so yeah I, in the book i don't know if i would have caught it i am notorious among my friends for never being able to guess endings or twists in like anything um so i'm sure i would have been absolutely shocked maybe <laughs> Unless they refer to him as the Darkling beforehand, that would have been like, well, <laughs> well, he's only the Darkling in the book. But, um, oh, funny. but that the reason why I like those books so much is that I can guess anything. Like when I read things or watch <laughs> things, like I'm like, all right, I know what's going to happen. But I never did in these books. That w- it was it yeah. blew my mind, and that's that's what drew me to them. Yeah. yeah, what's really funny is like I had read all these before, like starting this podcast so then like when terry came in which was perfect she like i i was pretty much kind of like begging her i was just like i um (laughs) need you to can you do this with me please and she doesn't she doesn't normally read fantasy so i was like wow yeah i was like nervous about it i was like okay so you need to read this one book first and then (laughs) we'll start together and she liked it. I was so amazed. It's like you read it quickly too. <laughs> yes, very fast. Oh, well, it's awesome. So obsessed. The reason I brought that up is this entire time that we've been doing the podcast and reading along, I like try to hold back like little secrets and I'm not really good at it, but like I wanted her to get like get to different parts and like expected yeah. reactions. And I didn't always get those, unfortunately. But <laughs> you're not shocked by a lot of stuff. No. No. So do you know enough about the Grisha orders to have a preference to an order or even a sub order? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the corporal Kai, am I saying that right? Yeah, they're like, those are the cool ones. Yes. I like if anybody knows anything about me or if you've read any of my books, I am um, obsessed and very preoccupied by dead things and dead people. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) And I think that there's so much... uh, potential for cool dark things if i was like a heart yes, render yes like, 
Yeah, okay, I'm you, very drawn to that. You need to also keep reading. That's then, what I was just what, about to say. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, you have to keep. You reading. have to. So, okay, okay. I'm an ethereal Kai. I'm totally a squalor. Um, and I don't. You wouldn't. Zoya, you you met Zoya in the books yeah. a little bit, and my friends have told me about Zoya. She's that's that's my girl. I'm obsessed with Zoya. Pretty hardcore and awesome. That's as good, Judy. <laughs> hmm. I loved her since the very beginning because, like in Shadow and Bone, she's horrible. And I mean, like reading the book, she's you see, she's just mean. In the show, they they just didn't have a lot of her, but. Yeah, when she was there, she was pretty mean. I was like, oh, yeah, she gosh. was. <laughs> oh, she's a mean girl. She is, definitely. So, so um, it's time. Ooh. <laughs> it's time for our Grishaverse related game that we like to call Fjordan Mary Kill. Yeah, so we loved coming up with these just crazy games because I'm obsessed with it. And I could probably play these games with people for hours, but people won't do it with me <laughs> that much. <laughs> um, so, anyways, Fjord and Mary Gill is our first one that we came up with. And um, we actually played it with Lee, which was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was. And then she grammed about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I about... Yeah, that was crazy. So and he um, wet himself. I did. <laughs> I mean, I would, too. I mean, Quan's Lee. <laughs> So, Fjord and Mary Kill is based off of, like, a game you might have heard of in the past. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I probably don't need to explain anymore. So, <laughs> here are your three characters. Okay. Okay. So, Fjord and Mary Kill, Darkling, has Jesper. <sighs> That's hard. The, okay, one of them's easy. <laughs> Fjord and, like... Darkling, goodbye. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. Kill, kill. Darkling. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was like, <laughs> like wait a minute. Goodbye. Okay. Just because I'm like, okay, no, we can do away. Feared in Darkling I, too, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, also, but <laughs> if, I, if I have the three, yes, I have to be strategic about it. So we have to kill off the Darkling, and like, I get why everyone is into him, and obviously Ben Barnes is gorgeous, but I'm just like not messing with that. That's a lot of like <laughs> trouble and like. Messy. I don't. I don't have time. <laughs> He's an amazing villain um, with really cool powers. But no, thank you. Um, I'd marry Jasper because um, if I'm looking for like long term companionship, it would have to be Jasper because we would have a really good time and get into trouble together, which I appreciate. Um, and and so I guess Fjordan Cass, but <laughs> like even though that's kind of difficult because of his like touch yes. revulsion. <laughs> So like, yeah, how does that even work? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, maybe we just kind of lay on separate sides of the bed, and like, that's that's it. That's fine. We can like talk about feelings or something. Exactly. Gross. <laughs> Ew. That's disgusting. <laughs> um. Well, good answer. <laughs> wow. So I will fear it in the darkling every time that comes up. So uh. yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. Well, if it, it's either Darkling or Nina, anytime that comes up, then that yeah. <laughs> I always love throwing yeah. Nina in there for you. I fell in love with Jesper from the show. The books, I thought he was a great character, but I the show oh, really Kit. changed. Yeah. Jesper Kit for- was amazing. Oh, my God, he was a dream. So good. So so good. Yeah, I wanted like to get to know him more in the books, and I think maybe that's why. I like him so much is that like I can come up with my own pet cannon, right? That's like the one nice thing about like smaller side characters is that you can just like come up with your own reality for them. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. We um there's another game that we just started playing. We're not gonna play it tonight, but it's um it's pretty much just like that. It's um what if and we like come up with like it's based off of pretty much the Marvel show that I think just came out oh, where yeah. they change one small thing, except we do it with the Grishaverse. So, like, it's just fun. I love doing <laughs> things like that. So, that's awesome. Well, I now think... Now we get to shift gears! We're moving on to <laughs> other magical worlds, which we've never done. Yeah, so we're gonna... No, we haven't. We haven't. No, mm-hmm. never. So, listeners, here we go. <laughs> so, first off, I want to let you know that um, when we got to in, um, interview Lee, it was awesome. Obviously, you know Lee. She's She's great. Amazing. And 
that Lee was the one that introduced you to me and us and like brought up the book Cemetery Boys. She had been she had just finished reading the arc and said that I I needed to read it. So um when I automatically ordered it and when it came out, like I read Cemetery Boys so quickly. Like I I, I I'm a very slow reader, and I think it took me, like, from it was three days, and I was just obsessed. Oh, so, my gosh. Um, yeah. So, also, congrats. I mean, Cemetery Boys is amazing. It, it truly is. So <laughs> I'm so glad you guys like it, and that Lee recommended it. It's like, makes my heart fatter. Well, we had, <laughs> we had asked her in the interview, um, because there are a lot of queer characters in her books, if we would ever see a trans character. And she was like, well, have I got a story for you? <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, that we, we had to read it. Yeah. And I think what's so amazing, just to tell you, do your, like, it's, it's so groundbreaking. I think this book, it, not only is it fun and it's a fantasy, but it's a young adult book that is going to like, seriously, that it's going to save lives and help younger kids so much just because of the way like you cover every single aspect that it's just amazing. I'm, I was blown away by it because it's a young adult book. And like, I think of back when we didn't have anything like that. There'd be nothing like that. And there hasn't been. So, I mean, how did you come up with the idea of doing, writing a story like this? Like, where did that come from? So the original story idea actually came from a Tumblr post to go back to Tumblr again. You and Tumblr. Uh, (laughs) I know, me and Tumblr from back in like the (laughs) mid-teens. Um I followed a bunch of uh, writing prompt blogs because I think that they're really handy in terms of just like coming up with story ideas or even just like little writing exercises if I'm feeling rusty. And I was like on my phone in bed. It was like two o'clock in the morning and I was scrolling through and I found this writing prompt and it was just a sentence long. And it said, what would you do if you summoned a ghost and then you couldn't get rid of it? And I was like, yeah, that's a really cool thing to think about. And it was funny because you had a whole bunch of people like in like in the replies or reblogging with these like really like scary, creepy story ideas, you know, very like paranormal activity. But it's like when I read that, I was like, yeah, what if I summoned a ghost and I couldn't get rid of him? And what if he was really cute? Right. And that (laughs) was like the main jumping off point. (laughs) And then from there. I knew I wanted to write a character that was like me. And um, it's funny, growing up, like you said, I never had any kind of books with this kind of rep in it. Um, definitely not trans, <laughs> let alone queer or like Latinx. And um, so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to write like a book that I wanted to read when I was a teenager. And so you know, if I was going to write about like my heritage um, and like if we have ghosts and stuff like that, it just made sense to have it set during Dia de Muertos, which is my favorite holiday or Day of the Dead. Uh, And from there, it just kind of like spiraled out into like this huge, like fully formed idea. And Cemetery Boys was actually the second book that I sold. It was my option book. My first book was Lost in the Neverwoods. Um, so when it was time to be like, okay, what's your next idea, Aiden? Um, I was really scared to pitch Cemetery Boys. And I, so I sent my editor like five different ideas. And one of them was like fully formed. Here's like a long synopsis and chapter breakdown. And then kind of like, as you went down the email, things got like more and more vague. <laughs> and um, Cemetery Boys was a paragraph and more than half the sentences ended in a question mark. Cause I was like, maybe he's Latinx, maybe he's <laughs> trans. And um, it's, it was really me like asking permission because, yeah. you know, my whole life, according to media, people like me didn't exist. Um, in publishing, we weren't 
marketable. Like no one was interested in our stories. And so when I got an email back and my editor was like, yeah, we want cemetery boys. I was like floored and so excited. And then we started going through the process. And at one point my editor reached out and she was like, Hey, we're thinking about making cemetery boys your debut because you know, it's so reflective kind of who you are as a writer. Um, so that's how they got flipped. And Cemetery Boys ended up being my uh, debut. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that they were flipped. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's it's just groundbreaking. It's it, There's nothing else out there like that. And you do such a good job of covering all the different relationships. I think that is just really amazing, too, just because it's it really just it, it's such a good, like, well done story and helps, I think, for maybe people out there that don't know anybody that's trans and don't like understand. Like, I, I just think it's a wonderful book in so many different levels. And I, I was just floored by it because I didn't know what to expect really. And then I read it. I was just like, wow. So, <laughs> and it makes our queer little hearts happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So they say that you write what, you know, how much of the story and the characters are taken from your own life. A, a good amount. <laughs> it's funny because like on paper, uh, Adriel and I are like, you would assume the same person. Um, but my personality is 100% Julian Diaz. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of things that I pulled were from my personal experiences for both of those boys. Um, the, fina- ooh, the finality, the family dynamics, especially for Yads, where it's like, his family doesn't hate him for who he is. Um, they just don't understand him and they don't know what to do with it. And a lot of the times when you have these really uh, uh, traditional families, when it comes to like how we understand how the world works, when suddenly you introduce something new, they don't know what to do with it. And so they end up just kind of trying to avoid it. They're not trying to hurt anybody, um, but it just becomes strange. And the onus is, of course, put onto the child to kind of like, suddenly teach their family, which is always a community when you're Latinx. <laughs> it's not just your immediate family, right. everybody. Um, and uh, I'm from Oakland, California, and it takes place in East LA. East LA um, is one of my like favorite places in the world. It's just, um, it's a community there and it's very tight knit. And because of that, it also means that, you know, outsiders are kind of made suspicious of, which is kind of reflected in the Bruhex community that um, Adriel's grown up in. And I think what's really fun about my culture and uh, is just that it's like inherently magical. You know what I mean? I get questions a lot being like, well, how did you come up with the magic system? And honestly, all I did was like took my like <laughs> cultural practices and then just gave them like a very little output, like uh, for Dia de Muertos, like we believe that marigolds, um, their color and their scent will lead our loved ones back to the land of the living um, to visit. And in the book, I just, you know, it was a very literal output. <laughs> it was like they display the marigolds and here comes the spirits of the past Bruhex. And that was really fun to be able to kind of showcase um, the real kind of like magical and spiritual energy that's just kind of like in my everyday life and then to have people be like oh this is such a cool magic system and I'm like well yeah but it's also just kind of how things are you know <laughs> it was <Cool>. very convenient <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like I cheated <laughs> one of my favorite chapters or scenes that you wrote is actually when they get to the cemetery finally to celebrate um the day of the death like and I just, the descriptions, I like, I was just eating it up. It was just, it was beautiful. And like, I, I just loved it. It's so, um, it's refreshing. And it was, um, I learned a lot because I really actually didn't, I knew a little bit, but not, I think I learned a lot about your culture from your book and I grew up Jewish. So unfortunately we look at death in a very like, not a hat. Like, it's just. I don't know. It's just like, goodness. Not a magical way. No. And I I think what draws me to like Day of the Dead is just the fact that it really is a celebration of life and like the colors and all that. And it's just beautiful. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely interesting. I've gotten a lot of comments from people who are like, 
sometimes it can be hard for people to understand like what it means to be celebrating death and people being like, wait, you think death is a good thing? It's like, no, that's (laughs) not it. (laughs) And like we grieve our loved ones, but we also don't see it as the end all be all. Right. Um, And uh, it really, what it comes down to is having that community and having those shared memories. Um, And that's a very happy thing. That's a very wonderful thing to kind of celebrate every year and to, you know, remember folks. It's good. It's a nice feeling. (laughs) Yeah. So was it scary at all to put that kind of story out there? And did you receive any pushback from friends or family? Uh, No pushback. I have a really awesome support system. Um, And it was scary, but it was like, I walked into the situation. I was like, I'm going to write a book that like I wanted to read when I was younger that has like a representation that, you know, kids like me could see themselves in. And I didn't realize that it was the first of its kind in a few different ways until I was like deep in it. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> and that was really stressful because um, I didn't want to say or do something wrong by accident. Um, I didn't set out for this to be like a big thing. You know what I mean? I just wanted to reach like one reader and, you know, help them feel seen and importantly loved. Um, so to suddenly have reached so many readers and, um, to hear from folks about how this story and these characters have touched people has, has been life-changing. Um, I get folks who send me DMs being like, oh, this is, you know, the first time I saw someone like me. Or like I read this book and it helps me figure out my own gender. I've had a reader who reached out and told me that they um, chose their name to be Julian because the book meant so much to them and their gender journey. Yeah. So it's, it was really scary, but it's, it's the scariest and best thing I've ever done. Um, And I'm so thankful and appreciative of, you know, the platform that I have and that I've been able to, you know, make a difference. That's truly like what I set out to do, but I thought that like maybe 50 people would be my book. Wow. <laughs> and so to have it be what it is now, it's, it's, um, I'm so thankful. That's, that's incredible. I really, yeah. <laughs> so I just want to tell you, I already told you about one of my favorite scenes, but my other one, I just have to tell you that scene that is, uh, I don't want to mispronounce it. I kept on calling him Yadriel, and I don't think I said that right. Did I? Um, well, no. it depends on what kind of accent you're saying it with. Um, White but, boy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what, I've known, what I've learned helps people is that when I call him Yads, um, okay. that mm-hmm. kind of introduces you to how to say the A. And so it's just Yadriel. <laughs> you're close. Yeah. Okay. I was, yeah. Well, I loved the scene on the beat, like their last scene that they're on. Like, mm. that was so beautiful. And I just found it remarkable and do you see like is this the end of their story um or do you have any i have like an encyclopedic knowledge of the cemetery boys universe at this point after like how much thought i put into it i definitely there's certainly more to the story uh there's more things i wanted to like explain at the end of the book but just like didn't have time for um, so I would definitely really like to revisit that universe. Um, but if I do it, I want it to be something really good. I don't want to be just writing a book in order to like, for there to be a sequel. Right. Um, I want to write a book that's going to have a really good story that, um, you know, is going to hopefully live up to the first one. So there's ideas bouncing around, nothing signed yet, but, uh, hopefully, Hopefully we're going to come back to it. <laughs> well, if you do, it'll. I know it'll absolutely be wonderful because <laughs> it just it's it's going to be great. One thing that I learned that I didn't know anything about, and I want to ask: Where do you get sugar skulls? Like, I want one. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> they're my favorite. That's they like, sound- yeah, it's like my favorite like arts and crafts hobby, but I can only do it once a year, which is kind of a bummer. Um, and they're pretty easy to make, honestly, yourself. Uh, I make them, I hand make them mine every year for my, uh, ofrenda and, uh, it's pretty easy. You just use like regular sugar and then you either use egg whites or meringue powder. I use meringue powder cause it's easier <laughs> and that makes it like stiffen up. 
And you just mix it with like a little bit of water and then you can buy uh, skull molds for it. So it's usually you do the front and the back and then you kind of glue them together with like royal icing. Um, and then um, for the decorations, it's really just like, I even use like Ziploc bags and like cut the corner to make like really a small, like little squeeze icing bag with just like really bright different colors. Getting all professional over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. those my little Ziploc bags. Um, and I will spend, like, I have molds for, like, little mini guys uh, in order to save room on my altar. Um, and it, it takes me, like, three hours just to do one. Like, I get really into it. <laughs> but, yeah, they're, they're really fun. And uh, this year, my niece is finally old enough. We, we did them last year when she was three. Um, and it, you know, mixed results. But this year, she was, like, asking my sister. She's like, oh, can we do the, the candy skulls with T.O. Aiden again? <laughs> so this year, I get to, like, really show her the ropes. I'm very excited That's about so it. cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to learn. I'm going to be looking it up. I'm going to figure I Yeah, it's love, pretty easy. <laughs> I have a whole art studio with, like, so much. So I love, like, getting into, <laughs> yeah. like, detailing, create, like. Yeah. And it's it sounds really delicious. Fun. It's sugar and Me icing. Mm. <laughs> Can't <laughs> so. go wrong so i want i i love fairy tales and so what's funny when i read um lost in the neverwoods i didn't actually first quite get that that was a peter pan story that that's (laughs) because i just i don't know i i don't know how i didn't but anyways (laughs) um it was so good and like do you did you love fairy tales growing up and like is is that how you got inspired to write this, like, write this story? Yeah, I was super in love. I've been in love with fantasy, like, ever since my family convinced me to start reading, which took a while. <laughs> I, like, refused to read until I was, like, in sixth grade. Um, but when it comes to Peter Pan, like, I was in love with the Disney animated one because it was so beautiful and magical. And then um, when the Peter Pan came out in 2003 with Jeremy Sumter, who I was like madly in love with, that like re-kicked it. And I was like, yep, I'm definitely obsessed with this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And how I actually came up with the story for Lost in the Neverwoods, um, it's very nerdy. I double majored in undergrad in English and psychology. And I wrote a term paper about, it was a psychoanalytic critique um, of the psychology just orders displayed in the characters in Peter Pan. And oh. um, yeah, <laughs> and a big one um, for Peter was disassociative amnesia. When you go through trauma, your brain just kind of shuts off and um, in order to protect you, makes you forget things. Wow. And so I took that <laughs> and I gave it to Wendy um, as a way for her brain to deal with what happened um, to her during her time in Neverland and to kind of surrounding that. And uh, the book just kind of spiraled from there. Like I knew I wanted to set it in the Pacific Northwest. So it's in Astoria, Oregon um, with lots of, you know, creepy trees and shadows. And, but yeah, that's kind of where it started spiraled out from was just like very nerdy fantasy love and also, you know, being into psychology. All right. I want to have that conversation for like eight hours. please. (laughs) Oh yeah. I could could go on and on. I just like, was like, oh my gosh, I need to talk about this. And then nope. No, yeah. I don't. Not right now. <laughs> I remember the Peter Pan that you're talking about, that the live action one. That yeah. it's beautiful, right? Like it's full of color. I think. Yeah, I, that was an amazing, well done. Like I fell in love with that. That was yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. So, are there? Do you think you might do any other story? Like I love fairy tales. Like I mean, obsessed with them. Um, Sleeping Beauty probably is my favorite because it was just the beginning of like the first one i think i first disney movie i saw yeah and anyways i just do you think you could do more do you like retellings of fairy tales are so interesting to me and they're just you can go in so many different directions are there any other fairy tales you are interested or might yeah. want to do i mean so many i mean you could give me any fairy tale and i'd be like yeah that'd be a really cool retelling um but Beauty and the Beast has always been one that I'm very drawn to. So I think doing some kind of Beauty and the Beast retelling would be good. Um, I also really like doing retellings of like uh, ancient myths, but like in a contemporary setting, I think that's really fun. Um, So like 
I don't know, something something to do with Hercules, whether it's like the canon or the like Disney version. <laughs> I was complaining the other day on Twitter about how I wanted Disney to hire me to write <laughs> a Hercules book. <laughs> like that would be ideal. Um, but yeah, there's so many, but Beauty and the Beast is a big one for me. Yeah. That's awesome. That's what I got from, what's her name? Moth, the book, the first book in her series. It was very Beauty and the oh, Beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's a fun one to play with and i like i yeah. love monsters i'm a monster boyfriend supporter so <laughs> like being able to like monsters are, are good oh <laughs> wow <laughs> i my son is going to like go crazy when i get to tell him about like i mean that you're the hercules he's obsessed with um Percy Jackson. Mythology. Yeah, mythology yeah. Yes. and i like um Percy jackson's amazing Percy, yeah i um that is his obsession it, it, yeah he there's nothing else better than that he will sit there and just argue with you and he's like you're wrong it's the best series ever and nothing very, very long to conversations it. So, <laughs> yeah, they have been very long yeah. but so what other books or stories did you read that helped you create and inspire the author that you are today the first book that I felt like madly in love with was uh, Howl's Moving Castle by, by, by Diana Wynne-Jones, um, which was then made into the Studio Ghibli movie, which is incredible also. Um, but I loved that book and I love uh, Diana Wynne-Jones writing because it's fantasy and it's very magical, but it's also very funny. And so I think that that's kind of like where I got my kind of like base for how I write is that it's very fantastical. Um, it's dark, <laughs> but right. there's also like a lot of humor to it to kind of balance it out. And I think that's always a good thing, especially when you're writing young adults. You don't want to bum everybody out too intensely, <laughs> or I don't. Know. <laughs> Lee, um, Lee said the same thing. Like I haven't read that. I I, I never oh, have. Really? No. Oh. And she, I she mentioned that too. And I've just like I I've never read that. I. It's really good. I'm also new to the whole fantasy realm, oh, so man. I have a lot of catching up to do, apparently. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a good, like, classic one for sure. I, I flip-flopped. I was in the super dark, um, giant adult novels when I was nine. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Stephen King, Anne Rice, um, and then now, when I'm older, <laughs> now I'm reading the <laughs> fantasy books. <laughs> uh, I love fantasy. Like, I mean, that's just where I... I my escape i read yeah. so much oh my gosh there's so like and there's so many different ideas out there that are so cool i love the fact that um i grew up loving um fairies and the art books by brian oh, yeah. Froud, and i yeah. never would have ever guessed that one day holly black i didn't would write a series about fairies <laughs> like i mean i just couldn't imagine it be as good as it was like mm. i just love that stuff um so it's amazing. So I'm glad you're into fantasy. Because yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love that it's much more queer now than it oh, used yeah. to be. Oh, it's yeah. so, it it's makes so me gay. feel better. <laughs> what was your first book that you read then? My very first book ever? Yeah. The one I can remember is Interview with the Vampire. I I walked I was I was I was nine years old and I walked into the bookstore. I was nine, and my and my mom was like, "You can get any book you want. I'm going to go to J.C. Penney's." And um, I just I saw the cover of this book and it was beautiful with this beautiful mansion on it, and I just bought it and I fell madly in love with it. Became obsessed. I've had very long conversations with Anne Rice that I treasure. (laughs) That's so (laughs) Um, cool. And so, and and then from there, Stephen King, um, Diana Gabaldon, um, a huge Outlander stan. That's my that's my big fandom. So yeah, I'm a I'm a latecomer. <laughs> wow, I could have never read that book at that age. I, um... I read the whole series huh. when I was very, very young. <laughs> I was more into like Willy Wonka. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original oh, book. Yeah. That was the first book I think I read. Um, yeah, and great. then Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. That's not fantasy, oh. but <laughs> anybody that know what that is? No. no. Yeah, I know that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Speaking of fandoms. Yeah, exactly. So 
I love this question. I think you'll like it too. If you could live in any fandom world besides your own, where would you choose? This is funny because it's definitely Percy Jackson. Like, actually, really? we were just talking about it. I would love to be a demigod. <laughs> like, I mean, even like getting chased by monsters or whatever, like being a beacon <laughs> for bad things. I guess is a challenge, but I would love to have like a godly parent and like demigod powers. Like that would be the coolest thing ever. Wow. Wow. I did not expect that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's making sense now. I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, that kind of leads. <laughs> yeah. So, so what are you, what, what can we look forward to next from you? Are the rumors true yeah. of a Percy Jackson meets hunger games and what is this about a gay Titanic voyage to space? Please. <laughs> yes. Can you give any? In- what is happening? That, I'm- <laughs> yeah, I can give some taste. I, I actually I, just saw um, the almost final cover for this Percy Jackson uh, Hunger Games book. So hopefully soon I will be able to like release details. Um but yeah, so it's a, the <laughs> Percy Jackson meets Hunger Games book. It's actually a fantasy duology, most li- much like Six of Crows. Um, <laughs> and it is, it has Mexican inspired gods. And what I mean by that is that there's like a, a goddess of Pendulce and there's um, the god, goddess of death is very much similar to Lady Death and Cemetery Boys. Um, but I just kind of had fun and like came up with gods uh, based on kind of like Mexican culture that I grew up around. And um, the premise is that every 10 years, demigods are selected for a life or death competition to keep the apocalypse from happening. Wow. So that's that's all I can give right now. Yeah. But soon there will be more details. And then Gay Titanic and <laughs> yeah. Space, which is the most random book idea I've ever had. I was talking to, I was doing my launch for Cemetery Boys with Adam Silvera. And um, he was like, what are some like other book ideas? Yeah, I was like, I was like listing them off. And I was like, then I have this idea for like gay Titanic in space. And the <laughs> chat like exploded. <laughs> and my editor DM'd me. And she was like, hey, if you want to write that <laughs> book, <laughs> I will buy it. Yeah, I'm going to need that. So yeah. <laughs> so I'm really <laughs> excited for that one. Uh, it's going to be like Titanic meets Disney's Treasure Planet. Um, the Gak, the, the Gak, no, the Jack character is what I was trying to say, is um, part of like a ragtag team of con artists. And he sneaks onto uh, this huge new ship um, in order to steal this unique tech that they use. And um, he runs into the son of a politician who has been sheltered for his entire life. And like the only thing that he wants to do is to be able to like fly spacecraft and go out and explore. And yeah, that's the premise for Gay Titanic in Space. And I'm very excited for that one too. That's a big Yeah, it's, they're all really fun books. <laughs> what would be funny if you took like, I mean, the net like had some of the f- famous lines like, I'm the king of the world or I'll never let go, Jack. Paint Somehow, me like one like, of your French girls. He just floats away, I guess, in space. He doesn't sink. But <laughs> there's, there's definitely some Easter eggs. Like nodding to um, Titanic. So huh. instead of the blue heart necklace, you could have. Never mind. Oh, girl. I was literally <laughs> just no, no, no. I was literally no. just brainstorming that today. I was gonna say something <laughs> very inappropriate, and then I realized we were recording. <laughs> yes, remember, this isn't we started, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is really cool, and that's so interesting. And you've made me when you're talking about how like you're taking go- making up gods of your culture. It made me think about for a second my culture and Jews would be so boring and <laughs> annoying gods if we like came up with that. Not if you made them queer. That would be awesome. Could... Oi, what would they <laughs> I mean, how would Oh my goodness. Wow. But that's awesome. I can definitely guarantee that my son Caden is gonna be a new fan of yours. <laughs> he loves it. And I think the gods are really cool. Um, the Norse gods are really neat. Did you yeah. ever like? I um, yeah, they're cool. <laughs> Neil Gaiman did an amazing like book recently, like where he re- retold those, and I just like fell in love with those. Yeah, stuff. I'm telling you, retellings of like myths and stuff is so much fun. There's so much to work with, and kind of 
while I was kind of prepping for this duology, I was like, okay, I need to create my own pantheon of gods. And I um, watched, there's a series on YouTube called Crash Course, and they have Crash Course uh, Pantheon. So it was all about gods from different cultures and uh, finding out like these common threads of certain kinds of um, gods and kind of archetypes that, you know, span throughout different cultures from all over the world um, was really cool and interesting and really helped to kind of make this new pantheon and this creation myth for this story that, you know, kind of shared those similarities. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was again, nerdy stuff, but <laughs> Crash Course Pantheon is really cool. <laughs> I that love nerdy awesome. stuff. <laughs> I'm in. So much. I love it. So, <laughs> well, that, that's awesome. Well, Thank you so yeah. much for talking with us. Eric got a little verklempt over there. I do. I told. You, I, I do that. I mean, I, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I even like was able to like ask questions. Um, but um, thank you so much. It's an honor that you like you, like that you came on, and it's awesome. And I just I can't wait to see what you have and like read more of your novels. And just it's awesome. You're just getting started. In, I love it. And thank yeah, you're you. going to blow up like <laughs> way more than you have already. You're going to be huge. <laughs> thank you so much. This is really fun. It's nice to just kind of talk about, you know, nerdy fandom stuff. So this is a great time. <laughs> yep. You can do it anytime. We love doing it. Obviously, we've made like a whole thing of it. <laughs> Please. Yes. I would love to play What If with you. Gary yeah, would be like, yeah. great. <laughs> I would just walk up. I would, you could take my seat for a yes. little while. <laughs> we could sit there and talk about it. And then we have to talk about psychology things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, nerding out and just like, you know, it's, it's awesome and relaxing and having a great place to do it. And yes. Anyways, well, thank you yeah. so much. And we'll, it's been an honor. So Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you guys. And next week we will be going back to chapters 12 and 13 of Rule of Wolves. So, long live the Grishaverse. Like, we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. It was. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all the fun things at GrishaCast. Thank you so much to our staff, Chris, Alex, Sid, Michelle, and Amber. 